Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Back to school children who are close contacts of COVID-19 cases. Uh, would no longer have to self-isolate if they showed no symptoms under changes being considered by health officials. You may have noticed over the last two days the headlines in the paper, you know. And it says, with the testing system coming under huge pressure now, again, because the schools are back open, 14,000 children have been deemed close contacts. And we only spoke to one the other day here on the air. Public health specialists are pressing for a relaxation of the rules uh, that require them to stay at home for at least 10 days. The change would apply to asymptomatic children who are not vaccinated. Internal, uh, by the way, okay, so just to give you the, the way it works at the moment, okay? If your child is vaccinated, um, and remember, of course, you can get a child vaccinated from six, 12 to 16 years of age. That is your choice as a parent, by the way. I would put no pressure on you to do that. And it upsets me a little bit when I hear doctors encouraging people to do it. If you want to do it, you do it. If you don't want to do it, you don't do it. Please read all the information. Get all the right information from valid and credible websites, not from Mickey on Facebook, all right? From credible websites. And you balance out as a parent what they call the risk versus the benefit. And let me be clear, there is very little risk to children when it comes to COVID-19. The benefit is, of course, if you might have somebody living in your home with an underlying illness, etc, etc, etc. All right. Or the very small risk of a child getting COVID-19 and maybe having long COVID. Now, OK, the point is, intern documents drawn up for the National Public Health Emergency Team over the summer warn that the current mass testing regime has negative effects that must be balanced out as vaccines reduce harm. These include medicalization or medicalizing daily life in ways uh, that may have a significant social consequence. And the social consequence, of course, is children being excluded from school and children being treated differently if they're unvaccinated. Vaccinated children are already exempt from the requirement to restrict their movements if they become a close contact, but only children aged 12 and over over can be immunised. And I don't think they're going to be start immunising children under the age of 12. Uh, even in the UK, they're not immunising 12 to 16-year-olds. Anyway, consideration has also been given to testing children earlier in the self-isolating period so they could return to the classroom earlier. Long restriction pro- uh, periods will continue in situations of greater risk, such as some forms of special education, so children with other underlying illnesses. The rules uh, were also drawn up at the time when the COVID uh, effect of co- or the effect of COVID-19 on children was unclear. Since then, it has become apparent that children rarely suffer any serious illness. Under current rules, a child who is a close contact does not have symptoms and is not fully vaccinated must quarantine for 14 days. That's 14 days out of school when invariably there's nothing really wrong with them. And invariably they're of no risk probably to anybody else. Because we've already seen, you know, the evidence that shows that vaccinated and unvaccinated people are both likely to spread COVID-19. The, the difference is, as an adult over the age of 18, you are less likely to have a serious illness. As a child, you are very unlikely to have a serious illness. It's extremely rare. Children are just not dying of COVID-19. It's just not the case. It's extremely rare, and only when they have an underlying illness, it seems to be the case. Uh, they're most more likely to die from many other things than COVID-19. Anyway... So they can stop uh, restricting their movement after 10 days if they get a negative PCR test and any child with symptoms would still have to quarantine. As I mentioned in the article earlier, 14,000 children have been deemed close contact. Today I want to hear from you, if you were a parent, affected by this. Many of the many of parents out there would, of course, want this as they would rather their children receive an education. After all, uh, the pandemic has robbed them of this for so long 
Whereas we cannot ignore the fact that many children can indeed get COVID-19. And we have heard stories of children having long-term COVID uh, as a result of this. Now, the requirement for close contacts to stay at home was designed to minimise transmission of the disease by children to potentially vulnerable adults at home. This is less of a threat now that 90% of the population of the adult population are actually fully vaccinated. So that doesn't, that's not even a threat anymore, realistically, is it? But maybe you are a parent that would be concerned if the isolation rule was done away with. I mean, maybe you're a parent at home genuinely who thinks, Niall, we need to keep that. We need those kids who are not vaccinated to be self-isolating because I don't want them in the class with my child. And there are people who feel like that. And I want to hear from you too as well. Uh, the number is 87 The question I'm asking is, would you be happy if they just did away with this rule and stopped sending children home from school just because they happened to be a close contact of somebody who was COVID positive. Do you believe that children should be allowed to stay in school? Because this could go on forever. Doctors, I've listened to one scientist the other night who said COVID-19 could be with us for hundreds of years. Just like influenza, just like many other viruses. Chicken pox, all those other viruses that are out there and bacterial infections that we get as children. They could be around for hundreds of years. Might never go away. So are we going to keep just doing this forever? We have vaccinations. The vulnerable are vaccinated now. Thankfully, Ireland has had a great vaccination programme, a great uptake. So why are we still doing it? That's the question we must ask ourselves. But then again, as I said, maybe you're a parent and you think, or maybe you're a school teacher and you think, I don't want children in the class who are close contacts of somebody with COVID. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Somebody just texted in there and says, Niall, why should my child who is vaccinated go to school and have to sit beside somebody unvaccinated? Personally speaking, I think you're being a bit of a snob now, to be honest with you. When you say they have to sit beside them, they're not peasants. They're just people who have made a different choice to you. The number is 87 But the question we're asking is, should they be sent home? Should children who are a close contact to somebody with COVID be sent home from school. Somebody says, not. how do we stop the virus spreading among children if we don't send them home from school? Well, well, here's the point. I don't know whether you know this or not. At some point, every child is probably going to get it. Well, that's just logical, isn't it? But, but let's be clear about it. When we look at the data and we look at the statistics, it's not dangerous to children. That's a fair statement to make because if you look at the amount of children who have been seriously ill or who have died from COVID-19, it's negligible. It's infinitesimally small. Let me go to Rosie. Rosie, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Rosie? Hi, Niall. How are you? Now, you have a different situation. Your son is 10, so of course he wouldn't be vaccinated. He's under the age of 12. And his breast friend got COVID, but you never got any contact from the HSE. No, I didn't. Um, we only found out last weekend, um, Sunday, that his best friend had tested for COVID. So I took him straight away then to the local test centre and got him tested. Okay, so you um, took it upon yourself to do it? Yeah. Yes, I did. And did he um, have any symptoms or anything like that? He had or? a bit of a cold at the weekend. Right, so okay. Was, it was just like a head cold. Um, yeah. So I said, once I heard that then, I said, oh God, I better go and get him tested. So it was a long 24 hours, as you can imagine. So the results came back then on Monday evening and that he was negative. But in the meantime, a few of the other parents in the school had gone and got their kids done as well and had been contacted by the school and the HSE that some of their kids had been deemed a close contact. Now, my son sits right next to his best friend in school and, you know, they're playing together and whatever. Yeah. So I got no call. Right, and okay. 
I had been on to the school in the meantime and they had told me that she wasn't deemed close contact. So your child wouldn't have even come under the category of the 14,000 that we're talking about today because no. according to the HSC and according to the school, he's not deemed a close contact. No, and yet on the HSC website, um, if you're within two metres of someone that has tested for COVID and you spend 15 minutes 15 with 15 minutes, yeah. You're deemed a close contact. Mm. Now my son had been with his friend in school and, you know, yeah. they, were, they were very close, as I would consider a close contact. Now, I'm worried he still has a bit of a cold. So I'm thinking I will go back at the weekend and get him retested again, just for my own peace of mind, really. But but if his cold goes away, which it most likely well, just will, Rosie, probably. probably I hope will, it will. Yeah. yeah, it just goes away. I suppose, would, would, you, would you be bothered getting tested again? Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know, but I'm just gobsmacked that he's not deemed as a close contact and the idea, okay, so there's 14,000 children in the country at the moment are close contacts. That's, that's you know, I the majority of those will be sent home. Yeah. Anyway. Some won't if they're vaccinated, if they're over the age of 12 and vaccinated. The government are saying now, or health officials are considering now, relaxing these rules because what's going to happen invariably is children are going to miss a lot of school. I know, and I don't want them to miss school, to be honest. So, so would you agree with relaxing those rules and just getting rid of the close contact rule altogether? Yeah, well, I suppose they, they, they're looking for herd immunity as well, you know. Well, we're, that, we're well, that will happen naturally either way, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've got other kids in the house. Now, I have a grandson in the house, like, and I'd be just, and he's coming up a year old. So that would be my worry, that he'd pick it up as well. You know, I know and, how old, and how old is your grandson? He's coming up um, a year old. Well, he's not at risk. There's, there's no evidence to show that children of a year old are at risk of COVID-19. Sure. I couldn't. Even, I don't think any child of a year old died, died in this country of COVID nineteen. Yeah, so I know. it's not going to happen. So I, I would take that worry out of your mind, Rosie. Okay. You know because I, I'm and if you look at the stats and the data and everything else in relation to the, the year old child, the year old child is probably more likely to be killed by hit by lightning. I then, know, <laughs> so I suppose we all have to start being a little bit logical because otherwise I suppose, I suppose yeah. we could be living in this fear for the rest of our lives. And I don't mean to minimise the risk for people who are genuinely at risk, but I suppose we could live in that fear for the rest of our lives. So, so do you think that we should start to think, I suppose, and come back to personal responsibility. Now, you took a personal responsibility, by the way, and fair play to you, so you took that personal responsibility. But do you think that we should leave it to personal responsibility and leave it to parents themselves, you know, that if somebody in a class has COVID-19, that if they want to get their child tested, you off, you go and get your child child tested for your own peace of mind. The rest of my house, we're all vaccinated, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would think that, yeah, let people... Because well, under, under the back. rules, current rules, that if a child is a close contact, no matter whether they test negative or positive, they have to stay at home. And and that's going to have children missing a lot of school. It is, and it's going to go back to homeschooling, which I don't want to do. No, I don't think anybody wants to go back there, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, I don't, I mean, apart from anything else, apart from the frustration for parents having to be teachers all of a sudden, I, I think we all want our children back in school again and getting an education. Yes, well, and, yeah, that's it, Niall. And I'm looking in one respect, I'm working from home and have been. Um, since the start of the pandemic. So I'm lucky in that respect. But for people that have to take their kids to childminders and, you know, crashes or whatever, yeah, that's yeah. a big worry for them. You know, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, well, no, it is. It is a big worry. So should we get rid of the rules? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And and just try and get back some level of normality, I yeah, suppose, in the school I would system. think so, yeah, because if, if people are going to be panicking. And I mm. suppose I, panic, I was panicking a little bit earlier in the week. Yeah, I, I think, look, I, and I understand that completely. We've had a year and a half, I suppose, of this being drilled into us. So I can understand why people, you know, particularly parents have a lot of fear. But I always, I, I encourage parents to try and, when it comes particularly to children, to be a little yeah. bit more logical, I suppose, that we have well, to be more logical. Well, that's it, yeah. But I yeah. just, I, I, my whole thing was that I 
can't understand why he wasn't deemed a close contest, really. Yeah. That's, that was my whole thing, really, you know. All right, okay, but, okay. Okay, well, well, I hope, by the way, his cold clears up, by the way. Oh, it will, yeah. Oh, sorry, three children. I, and they were, I was actually, I kind of smiled a bit to myself during the week when I saw the HSC were saying, if your child has any of these symptoms, keep them home. And it went through all the symptoms of runny nose and, uh, you know, headache, uh, cough. I know. And I'm thinking to myself, I had three kids, at least once a week, at least one of my children oh, had some of those so. symptoms. And especially when they go back to school, it's just all... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they were walk, like walking viruses, my children. <laughs> I remember my son had like seven ear infections in the space of two months. He ended up getting oh, his adenoids done and all sorts of things. I anyway, know. Rosie, lovely talking to you. All right, and I hope oh, your son gets better soon. Okay. See you. Bye. Let me go to Rachel as well. Rachel, you're an Ireland's classic kid. Say you doing, Rachel. Oh, Rachel, are you there? Oh, hang on, Rachel. That's uh, my fault. Sorry, somebody pressed the button on me there. Rachel, I do apologise. No, that's okay. Uh, okay, so Rachel, your son is 14. Yes. And he tested positive now on an antigen test, just yes, to point out, on a PCR test. Okay, so, of course, yes. the government are not really in favour too much of antigen testing because they believe it's not quite as accurate. So yes. are, are you going to take him for a PCR test? Yes, he has symptoms. He is. He has a headache. He has a kind of bit of a cough. Okay. And uh, his skin is kind of clammy. Okay, and so may, he may look, have a bit of a temperature too then if his skin is a bit clammy. Yeah, I, not too bad, but yeah. if you looked at him, you'd know he was... Like, feeling under the weather, let's just yeah, say, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so, so and, and um, so you decided to test him yourself, was it? I did an antigen test because actually what happened was he's in secondary school and the other two in primary school, it was the primary school that had the outbreak. Right, okay. Uh, they had, my, my son was in a class with a child who is confirmed positive. Okay. And it, I, I was kind of keeping an eye on them two. Them two are fine and it was the oldest boy that got it. Okay. Uh, right. Or what I think, anyway. Well, I suppose the older you get, the more likely you are to show symptoms too because kids, young kids are quite resilient, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, um, you decide you're going to get a PCR test. Are you booked in? I'm going to do it this evening. Okay. Um, so I've been talking to him now. He said he feels a bit better. Um, symptoms are easing. But the, I suppose what I'm trying to say, and it's all right for me saying that I have three healthy children, when his symptom, symptoms subside, I don't see why he shouldn't go back to school. You know, right well, he now, should, yeah, he should. Because yeah. the allergy test is not official. No, and no. for all I know, the other two kids had it and just never showed any symptoms. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, they could have been asymptomatic, know. possibly, yeah. Yeah, so to keep him off for 10 days, to me, seems a bit extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he could be negative too, I don't know. but Well, I um, hope he is, yeah. Yeah, so he, like, he's just sitting at home now. and like He's 14, he plays football, he is a strong, he's, you know, he barely gets colds. He, he, I'm pretty sure he'll fight it off, you know. Um, but then again, I suppose when, because of what has happened this last while, you do start go thinking, oh, well, what he, if, what if, what but if. But here's the know? thing, before COVID came along, and I'm not being to minimise the effects that it can have for some children, but before COVID yeah. came along, and you know, our children had coughs and colds and runny noses and sore throats and ear infections and eye infections and all sorts of things. And we probably didn't take as much notice of it. We, we kind of went, ah, they'd be grand. You know what I mean? And yeah. we would have just sent them off back into their football or to their school or whatever it was. But yeah, I suppose yeah. now we have to be a little bit more conscious of it. But in saying that, you know, the idea that we have 14,000 children who were yeah. deemed close contacts, and the majority of those children would have no symptoms. And yeah. they're out of school. And But the bizarre thing about that is, though, that my middle boy, who was in the same classroom as this other child who had confirmed positive, was not deemed a, a close, close contact. contact, was deemed a casual contact. But unless he started showing symptoms, did not need a test. Well, that's fair enough, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't get that. But, but my point is, because my other boy is showing symptoms, 
does that change everything? Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I know. Yeah, there's, it seems it, the whole thing seems kind of illogical, doesn't it? it yeah. When you look at it from that point of view, yeah. But yeah, I, of but course, because it's, it's being identified as a close contact. But I mean, the, the problem with it is, is if you identify every cla- child in the class as a close contact, well, then your whole classes are going to be sent home constantly all the time, and the, yeah. you just we just can't keep doing that. No, like if the oldest boy never showed any symptoms, I would have you know, sent him to school, I wouldn't have been any the wiser. And yeah. for all I know, he was spreading it around too. Yeah. I didn't, I, I wouldn't have known any better. Yeah. But because now he has what is, uh, like, looks like a head cold. Yeah. He now is off for what's supposed to be 10 days if he's positive. Well, I think it's, I'm just looking here, 14 days under the current rules. Yeah, 14 days. days. Yeah. And then the other two. Unless he gets a negative test in between. Go. Yeah. Yeah. The other two, once, once I get them, I'm getting them tested too, just to be sure. Once, if they're negative, they're free to go, and I'm free to go because I have a vaccine, but I can still carry it. So, well, would you? you so you're going to get the younger kids tested as well now. Would you? Why yeah. don't you wait and see if he tests positive on a PCR? And if he does, we'll fire away. If you want to get your younger kids tested as well, but if he mm. tests negative, well, then there's probably no reason to. Yeah, probably. I never thought of that. <laughs> That's probably. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's probably yeah, the best yeah. way to do it to save yourself a lot of time and energy, and also save yourself the possibility of your other children ended up off school as well. Yeah, but then the guilt factor comes in too because you don't want to be the one that has the child that's spreading it around. There's you know? a kind of stigma nearly attached to it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you don't be, you don't want to be that parent. No, and I felt so sorry for the mum that texting in, in in the class group and um, saying like, "Oh my God, it's my son. I'm so sorry." And we were like, "Are you mad? Well, like, what is, what is she sorry fault? for? It's, it's yeah, nobody's exactly. fault. Nobody's fault. I, we would have got it somewhere. Like it's inevitable at this stage, you know. So yeah." And, I, and I've heard about some of these groups, by the way, and I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying they were in one of these class groups and they were all trying to figure out which child it yeah. was that oh, had it. And yeah. I went, and I said, why yeah. is trying to do that? What yeah. difference does it make? You know what That's I mean? putting a stigma on it then. Like yeah, the, it's not the, the child's fault child. or the parent's fault. It's just one of those yeah, things. Yeah. You know, yeah. so do you think, I mean, health officials are now saying they want to relax the rules yeah. that, you know, that close contact shouldn't be a thing at all in school. That, you know, yeah. you know, if the child is test positive, of course, that child stays home. Well and good. That's the way it should be. Mm. But that anybody who's a close contact shouldn't be sent home. No, I, well, unless they show symptoms. Maybe then, because then you kind of... Well, if they show symptoms, of course, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's all right for me saying it. Like I've said, I have three very healthy children. Perhaps there are people out there that wouldn't be so lucky. Mm. But, yes, I, I, I don't see the rationale to keeping him off for 14 days I guarantee you by Friday he'll be annoying my head again and kicking a football yeah you know, <laughs> yeah. You know he so will I, be yeah so I don't see why he should have to stay off and, and like obviously we'll get him retested in a couple of days if he's positive if it's negative then yeah. I think fire away yeah that he should go back. well once the symptoms have subsided yeah, that he exactly. should go back to school again yes oh, oh, for sure if there's symptoms if a child has symptoms yeah I suppose it's like any virus Perhaps you should be responsible and and keep them away for a day or two. Yeah, you know, and, and leave it at that. But like I said, for all I know, I my other two have had it, spread it around, and give it to the older boy. I don't know. I'm not quite sure where. It I came know from. we can go down rabbit holes when we start yeah. talking about these things, can't we? But look, I hope I hope the oldest child gets better soon. And um, you know, if you are getting them tested, I would wait to get the younger ones tested. It's entirely up to you until you find out if the other fellow's positive. It'll go ahead. If he's negative, so there's no need to get them tested. They're fine. Yeah, well, I did a PCR on them too, too, and they were negative. Oh, an antigen. You did an antigen test. Oh, sorry, thank you for antigen, yes, yes. And where did did you get the antigen test? You buy them in the garage? Or Aldi? The chemist. Oh, right, okay. My local chemist. All right, because they're selling them them everywhere now. I think they're cheap enough. How much were they? 
They were about seven quid. And actually, they're very like a pregnancy test. So oh, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just swab the nose and, yeah. and put it in a solution yeah. and drip it onto the thing. And then it, it runs up the test like a pregnancy test. But the oldest boy, if, you, if you're positive, there's two lines. Mm-hmm. So um, like nearly straight away, you saw yeah. for 15 minutes, nearly straight away, the two lines appeared. But with the other two, there was only one line. So, yeah. So that's and, and just to let people know, they are great. The antigen tests are wonderful. They can give you a little bit of a warning. But again, just to point out, they wouldn't be quite as accurate yeah. as PCR. But then again, PCR has its own failings too. So in saying that, they yeah. wouldn't be quite as accurate. So I don't recommend people use them as the gold standard, so to speak. No, but if you had if you had like a, a day where you didn't feel great and you were supposed to go to your friend's house or to your mom's Absolutely. Or whatever, Absolutely. Just to be, just check. Oh, no, I, I, and I agree with you. I completely disagree with Neffet when they talk about antigen tests. I believe they're a good way of, you know, if you're going out to, a, say, a wedding, for example, and you weren't feeling the best, you know, do a quick antigen test, and if it comes up positive, well, then maybe you shouldn't go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. I <laughs> All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Thanks very much indeed. Lots of uh, your audio messages coming in as well. Hey, Niall, just on the topic there about the kids and that with the COVID, um, I'm a delivery driver, and I was out delivering today, and driving by all the schools and stuff and sure all the parents and the kids are just in groups standing outside the gate talking and playing and running around sure is there any wonder there's 14,000 of them being close contacts like you know like we have guidelines and stuff in place to stop this if they're not sticking to guidelines like and social distance and stuff like sure it's only obvious they're going to be so many close contacts like you know Parents need to get a grip, like, and uh, do, do what they're supposed to be doing, like, you know? Uh, getting back to, by the way, the idea that the health officials are now saying that children maybe shouldn't have to self-isolate if they don't have symptoms and they're a close contact, because we now have a situation where 14,000 children are close contacts. The HSC are overwhelmed by the whole thing. They can't do enough testing. And that's why a lot of parents are saying, but the HSC didn't contact me, the school did. Look, they can't contact everybody. It's just, you know, we, we're not back at that point a year ago, I suppose, where we had a lot of staff, you know, close contacting, etc., etc. We've reduced all that because we are in a situation now where 90% of the population, the adult population, are vaccinated. And that rabbit hole theory of children going home and infecting, you know, granddad or something like that, thankfully that's gone now. Well, we, we would like to think that's gone because COVID should, could be around for... 100 years, 200 years, and we can't keep going down that road. But anyway, somebody points out here, I'm a teacher, deputy principal. Children absolutely have to stay at home if they're close contacts until they can be vaccinated. Uh, we have two classes uh, closed at the moment. The child who tests positive in one uh, of the classes is asymptomatic. The child was tested because he stroke she was a close contact. This is not... Uh, this is not... Uh, it is not on that asymptomatic close contacts can be mixed untested in classrooms uh, with up to 30 other children. As Niall says, the vast majority of children do not get seriously ill, but unfortunately some do. And I wouldn't want my child to be that one. Although, uh, also, although I'm vaccinated, I would not be comfortable in a room where COVID uh, could be spreading unchecked. Um, I get what you're saying, but you can't go on thinking like that forever. Anyway, uh, they say, and there are teachers uh, who are vaccinated, but have underlying conditions that can be still quite vulnerable. However, the testing window could be shortened, so children uh, who have no symptoms and test negative could come back to school in under 14 days. Well, OK, uh, that's your opinion of it, and I think the health officials have another opinion of it, and some other people have other opinions of it. But I think the whole point is here that children need an education. We know that. Like you take Sweden, for example. How many children have had remote learning in Sweden? None in the last year and a half. They've been in school all along. They don't send children home, generally speaking. 
they, unless children have symptoms, of course. If children have symptoms, obviously we start, need to start using our heads. I, we all need to take some level of personal responsibility here. It's not up to the HSE constantly all the time. It's up to us as parents as well. If your child has symptoms like the two previous callers, yeah, keep them off for the day. Get them tested if you want to get them tested. If they have COVID, well, they don't send them back to school. If they don't have COVID, well, then send them back to school. I don't see the issue with it. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the classroom... If we're going to send every close contact home every time a child tests positive, you know, we're going to have a lot of children missing a lot of school. And the idea, by the way, that we would be treating children who are vaccinated and unvaccinated differently, I think is wrong. Because we have already seen that vaccinated and unvaccinated people in general, you know, spread it. You know, the only difference is, thankfully, those adults I'm talking about who get COVID, for example, who are unvaccinated may have more serious symptoms. That's the difference, isn't it? And, you know, you mentioned, by the way, about, you know, vaccinating children. Again, that's a parent's choice. I don't want people to be stigmatising those parents who choose not to. And this morning it was mentioned that only half of children between the age, or roughly half of children between the age of 12 and 16 have been vaccinated. That's because parents at this point, because the tests are, the vaccinations are available, have made a choice not to vaccinate their children based on what the UK are talking about, which is benefit outweighing risk. And the reason for that is because children are not really at risk. They haven't been throughout the whole pandemic, thankfully. And that's a really good, positive thing to talk about, by the way. The children are not at risk. They're not dying of COVID-19. You know, when it comes to long COVID, yes, there are some cases of children getting long COVID. It's not as common as people are making it out to be. There's been great studies done in the UK about children who didn't get COVID and parents saying they have those same long COVID symptoms. In other words, some of it is a bit placebo. Um, but And they also talk about the research that talks about 40% of children who are badly affected by the fact that they haven't been to school. The children are sad, they're unhappy, they're missing their friends. All that research has been done too, which is really important too for children not missing their education. So that's all important too. So I think it's time that we need to start taking some level of personal responsibility and not letting the state dictate anymore as to what we should be doing with our school children in the classrooms. That's the point I was just not making. Anyway, Deirdre, you're an Ireland's class of kids. How are you doing, Deirdre? Good, dear. Now, your daughter has tested positive, but has yeah. no symptoms, which is good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's very upset that she is in a class, a new class uh, in uh, school and has two weeks off school now. No. So basically what happened, my, so I have two daughters and yeah. one of my daughters went to preschool two weeks ago for an hour and um, came home from preschool on the Monday and on the Wednesday, we got a phone call from the preschool teacher to say that she was deemed close contact to somebody in the preschool. So, obviously, that child in the preschool went and got a PCR test, and the PCR test came back positive. So, obviously, then my child had to go and get a PCR test, like the rest of the kids in the preschool. Um, my daughter has lots of complex medical needs. She has cerebral palsy, epilepsy, hyperinsulism, and she has an intellectual, much intellectual disability. So, okay. therefore, we were really concerned. Of course, about yeah, her of course. And all close contact. So we went and we took her for the PCR test, and obviously we had to wait for the 24 hours for the PCR test to come back. So when the PCR test came back late on a Friday evening, um, it was she was deemed positive. So obviously, my other sibling, my other daughter, her sibling, we had to get her tested as well straight away. So. We couldn't wait for the contact tracing to contact us to get an actual appointment to book her in. Yeah, you took the initiative. You took the initiative yourself, yeah. So we went and got my daughter tested on the Saturday. So even though myself and my husband are vaccinated, we also went and got tested just out of curiosity. Yeah. And we waited for those results to come back. 
So my daughter's results were taking very long to come back and I was wondering what was happening. So I was getting a bit apprehensive. So we, I decided to go onto the helpline and they basically told me that, oh, you have to wait 48 hours, but it was gone past 48 hours. And I contacted them and basically they had gotten her date of birth wrong. So if you can imagine, a child at home with complex medical needs has tested positive and the other daughter, we're waiting to hear, was she positive? We were a small bit, you know, on our on edge. Obviously, you were anxious. Do. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course, so, yeah. Um, they had gotten her date of birth wrong. So I suppose within half an hour, they contacted us back to say, look, it's good news. She is negative. That's good. But, yeah, but before all of this, we had done three antigen, antigen tests on my daughter that was negative also. And those, ne- those antigen tests were also negative. Okay. So she had the three antigen tests. Then she had the PCR tests. Done all negative. Yeah. which is all negative. So then obviously, because we had to restrict her movements, and my other daughter was positive, and myself and my husband didn't have to restrict our movements because we're vaccinated. You're vaccinated, yeah. Yeah, so my husband was able to go back to work, but obviously so one of us has to stay at home to mind the two children. You can't let them at home on their own. So your daughter, so because she's a close contact now, is out of school. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically... She then had to restrict her movement, so she wasn't allowed out the front. She wasn't allowed to go back to school, so all of her friends went back to school on the 30th of August, and she wasn't able to go back to school. Um, And then I suppose when you're in a house with a child that has lots of complex medical needs, trying to keep her away from from her sister, it was quite difficult to try to manage. We had one in one sitting room, one in another sitting room, one in one bedroom, one in another bedroom, so we were trying to manage it that way. It sounds sounds more like a hospital ward than a house, to be honest with you. Yes, and we're so used. But you're probably used to it, yes, of course. Um, So basically, because the contact tracing got her date of birth wrong, they had given us the incorrect day for her next test. So basically, if a child tests negative on day one of the test, they have to go back for a retest on day 10 to see if they are still, if they have COVID or if they're negative. Um, But because they had taken her details incorrectly, we had gotten um, a PCR test sent to us for the middle of the week. So we went in the middle of the week again, and that PCR test again was negative. So you can imagine now this is nearly six PC, uh, six test swabs up her nose, very uncomfortable, very upsetting, not being able to see her friends go back to school, not being able to go to school. Um, so That all just seems like such a waste of time at this stage. Now, you was, you've, a, you've had six, six tests more or less saying... Yeah. She doesn't have COVID and there yeah. she is still sitting at home and she can't go to school. And to be honest yeah. with you, she'd be safer in school than she would be at home because obviously your and other daughter has COVID. be a lot easier. Yeah. And to be quite honest, it was very stressful in a household trying to manage it all. And she was watch- watching her friends out the front playing. It was very, very, you know, it was very difficult. We were just very lucky that the weather was nice the week that, that the couple of days that she had it. Or that she and how off. old is she again now? Sorry, how old is she again? You're so, my daughter that was negative is eight. And my eight. daughter that had the complex medical needs that tested positive was five. Okay. But the whole bizarre thing is, when she eventually, when my daughter that was negative went for her last PCR test, which was on Monday, and that was also negative, my daughter that had the COVID was able to go back to school on the Monday after her 10 days isolation. But my daughter that was negative wasn't allowed to go back to school until today. Even though she was negative, all the PCR tests, I just think it's absolutely terrible on the children. They're missing out on their two weeks of school. They're missing their friends. She's doing her Holy Communion in two weeks' time. Um, so basically, and here, See, here's the problem, and here's the rabbit hole, and this is why health officials are talking about it. Your daughter could go back to school 
on what? So what day is she due to go back now? On, on so she actually went back this morning. This she morning, okay. This morning, yeah. okay. So she could go back to school this morning. Somebody in the class could be test positive tomorrow. Exactly, and she's yeah. back out for another fourteen days again. Exactly. So therefore, inside in the school, they're in a bubble of six. So she could go back to school this morning. Some child could be test positive. She'll be deemed close contact, and then she's going to be out again. I just think there's no logic to the whole ten days being out. Like, how do you have to differentiate between? you know, a head cold or a sore throat or a sore head or, you know, a stomach bug. Everything seems to be coming down to COVID. Everything, you know, our whole lives have been put on hold because of COVID. My other child, like, she has so many surgeries put back because of COVID. Our whole lives have, you know, been upheavals because of COVID. I do think people need to start moving with COVID now and trying to get it Oh, yes, the, the whole no, idea was, and Michal Martin said it himself, living with COVID. And, yes, and that's, exactly. and we're not avoiding it, but living with it. And that's what we yes. need to do, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, now she's gone back to school this morning, like last night, she was going into a new classroom, new people. She was very nervous, very, you know, very anxious. She didn't know what to expect when she went into the school this morning. So I'm hoping she's after having a great day and I hope she's going to be in there for, you know, good. longer than... Like, and, and the good thing about your five-year-old now is because she's already had COVID, she obviously has a level of immunity yeah. now, which but is better than any problem, vaccine, which is great. My problem here, Niall, is um, because my daughter has so many complex medical needs, okay, I would imagine that she would be falling down with illness if she had COVID because she has lots of complex medical needs. But because she was no symptoms, asymptomatic, nothing at all, my concern is when she goes to preschool in another three months' time and she is really sick and she needs to, she might need, because she doesn't need to go for a PCR test because now she is recovering from COVID, who's to say that she doesn't have COVID and that the last test was a false positive? Well, that, and you know, that's a, that is always a concern, yes. You know, which is, I think, another issue for well, let, let, Okay, the, the chances are low that it could be a false positive, but in saying that, there's always a chance there, of course, and you're right. Uh, so, I mean, but I mean, I suppose you've been very active yourself in relation to getting antigen tests, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so well, you could always use honest, that too. Yeah, and to be honest, we did, like, you know, I know there's also, there's a helpline and people don't know a whole load about, you know, when you're deemed a close contact or what to do, because it was our first time having a child that tested positive for COVID. So we didn't know what to do in that situation. So I was on the helplines, but... To be quite honest, the guidelines, you're getting different answers and different guidelines from lots of different people. So some people are saying, okay, you go and get tested on day one, you get tested again on day 10. If you're, so because myself and my husband then are um, vaccinated and if you're going out for a walk and people see you going out for a walk but your daughter is positive at home, why are you out for a walk? So people are, are looking at you funny. Yeah, they're say, judging each other. People are starting yes, to judge each they're other. Judging, they're judging you because your daughter has COVID, but yet you're out for a walk. Because I'm allowed, I'm vaccinated. So people aren't aware of that either. You know, I just No, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think the whole system is lending itself to this idea yes, of people judging each other. Yeah. It is very misleading. And there's so many, like, it's not until you read into the whole nukes and crannies about it. Like, you know, there's things in there in the actual guideline or in the HSE uh, helpline, you know, some people are very helpful, other people are probably doing contact tracing, you know, they may know not, they may not know, have the answers that you're looking for, but you're trying to look for them yourself, and like, to be quite honest myself and my husband had so many arguments when my daughter was out of school because he was saying, look, she should be allowed out for fresh air, she should be allowed to go out on her bike she should be allowed to, and in the guidelines, it does state 
that the child is allowed to go out for fresh air once she's keeping her distance yes. and to exercise once she's keeping the distance from somebody else. But that's very hard to do with a child that's eight when she wants but to... But she sees one of her friends runs over to her or something like that, exactly. Jay. You know, or, or, you have a, or you have a nosy neighbour twitching the curtain <laughs> around exactly. the corner. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's very hard for her to do that. So, like, I do think on a personal level myself, now we have gone through it and I have gotten boxes of antigen tests in Aldi. There's five for 20 euro in a box or 15 euro in a box. I have stocked up on them in a home. Now, because we do have a child that has complex medical needs, obviously, you know, we will have to go down the route of HSE, but it is good to have the antigen test in. And, and, it and just gives you an indication absolutely. of how, I suppose... How well, it means you can take personal responsibility you yourself yes, for those for exactly. those those incidents. But get, getting back to your child, which had, uh, the child that has complex medical needs yes. and your five-year-old, you mentioned yes. as well, of course, you know, that you, at this stage you're getting tired of COVID, 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 delaying yes. her surgery. Yes. So has had she had many surgeries delayed now? So my daughter was due to have surgery last April of 2020. She was supposed to have a double hip operation and that got delayed. It was supposed to be last October, got delayed. It was supposed to be April of this year, got delayed, and we eventually got it done in June of this year. Oh, my. Um, yeah, all due to um, COVID. Everything was due to COVID. Her physiotherapies have stopped because of COVID. Hydrotherapy, speech therapy. Um, it's just absolutely... Everything getting delayed because of COVID. And yeah. this is the ramifications, of course, mm-hmm. of, of COVID-19. Yes, and now because, like, obviously things are starting to slowly come back. My child had made loads of progress before COVID hit, but now we're gone 100 steps backwards. Yes, she, you know, she's, she's regressed, made, obviously. She's yeah, regressed, yeah. yes, because of the whole not being able to go to the services, no services being provided for her. You know, it's very unfair when you do have a child, and I know it's unfair in everybody and every household is dealing with COVID, but when you have a child that has lots of complex medical needs and they're not getting their needs met, because of COVID, you know, Michal Martin has an awful lot to answer for, to be quite honest. And how is she in herself? I mean, do, does she notice these kind of things? Um, I mean, I mean, how no. is she? So, like, she's she's five only since last Saturday. Um, she's non-verbal. Like, to be quite honest, she doesn't know no difference. She gets up, she gets on with things. Like, yeah. we do all her, you know, we take her to her appointments, we take her to preschool. You know, slowly but surely, because she's had her surgery, she's starting to get her hydrotherapy, she's starting to get her physiotherapy. She doesn't talk, so, like, trying to, you know, for her to tell us if there's something wrong, you're second-guessing. So it's very hard and it's very stressful as a family, you know. Uh, I was going to say that. So, I mean, I'm assuming one of you is at home all the time then. Yes, it's me. You, okay. Okay, and so so let me ask you a question. How are you? Because this this must be very stressful in your Um, life. Yes, well, and I will, I will hope my hand up here, Niall. Um, for the last, I suppose, since my daughter's been born, it has been very, very stressful. Us, on of course, family. yeah. Um, but I think since the whole COVID and the homeschooling and trying to deal with everything, it has become a lot worse as a, as a household. You know, you're trying to deal with so many, juggle so many things. My husband has to go out to work. Um, and I tried to do counselling for myself going back maybe about... 15 months ago, but everything was being done online. And when you live in a house that has tried with lots of complex medical needs, trying to find two hours to sit at a laptop to do a Zoom call is absolutely impossible. So, so, where, so where are you at now? Where, where is your mental so health now? Are you okay? I, I actually started counselling this morning with okay. a counsellor. Good. Face, and it's just great to be able to offload and to be able to, you know, 
get everything that's on my shoulders offloaded yeah. Yeah. to somebody else that doesn't know me, that won't judge me, that I suppose, you know, things that have been kept inside me for a long time since my child has been born, I was able to openly talk about them this morning and I will continue to do so for another couple of weeks. Well, can I, can I say something to you? But listening yeah. to your story and listening to the way you're dealing with the situation mm-hmm. that you're dealing with and your child with, with complex medical needs, which takes up a lot of your time, I'm sure, as well. You're yes, an amazing yes. woman, Deirdre. Don't oh, ever you doubt so yourself. Much. You're an amazing woman. And the way you're dealing with it and the way you're talking to me today about it, I can tell that you really care about your children and you want the best for your children. And you're a very logical woman too, but you're oh, a wonderful you. woman because, of course, anybody who's dealing with a child with special special needs or complex yes. needs, of course, has to put in the extra effort. And, and we do it because we love our children, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. 150%. You really wouldn't have it any other way. Look, we love them in, unconditionally. You know, it's just another spanner thrown into the work that we have to deal with and get over and get the next hurdle, get onto the next hurdle. And look, we'll get through there as well. But I'm just hoping that the kids that are in school now will be able to stay in school for as long as possible. And I hope that they do change the restrictions a little bit. To relax the rules, yes, of course. Just to let them get on with their lives. Because look, they're kids, they're kids. And not everybody is going to agree to it, you know. No, 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 I know. And look, I do have a child that has complex medical needs, but you also need to look after the children that are left at home with, you know, children that suffer from complex medical needs. My daughter suffered terribly with anxiety. She saw her sister going into a wheelchair last year. She saw her have seizures. She needs to be with her friends at school. She needs to be around structure. She needs to be around routine. She needs to be out playing her sports. She needs to be back at school. So, like, you know, all those things, you forget about children and their mental health. That's a big issue as well, you know. So I do think kids being back at school you know, is a huge must right now. All right, listen, Deirdre, you couldn't have said it better. I have nothing to add to what you said. <laughs> you came across wonderfully and you're an amazing woman, Deirdre. Thank you so much, Niall. All Thanks right, see you. Bye, Deirdre. You good luck and have a good day. All right. Bye, bye. All right, now, loads and loads of people texting. What an amazing woman, by the way. What a wonderful woman. What a wonderful family. I mean, she cares so much about her children. She just wants the best for her children. And look, the health officials are right. And I know she's right. People will disagree with it. There'll be loads of people out there, particularly probably school teachers, who will disagree with it. But we have to. We have to start living with this. And the idea that when you keep sending children home from school all the time, just because Johnny in the class got it or Mary got it, even if they don't have it, is bonkers. It's just silly. When we look at the... People are still looking at the facts and the data... We've 90% of the population vaccinated, the, the male population, or the adult population vaccinated, male population, the adult population vaccinated. So the, the, the argument from last year that, oh, well, if Johnny comes home and spreads it to mammy who gives it to granny who's vulnerable, well, then, you know, somebody could die. I get that. That's gone now. That argument should be gone now. Because if that argument is not gone, well, then there was no point in a vaccine program. It was a waste of time. So we need to get back to dealing with the problem. And the problem now at the moment is the schools. They are going to get it. They're children. And of all the people in society, we're adults. We can keep a reasonable social distance. We can use our heads. Children swing out of each other. They cough in each other's faces. They're licking each other. They're doing all sorts of things. That's what children do. Let them be children. Stop this. I mean, the very idea Deirdre was saying that while she was isolating, even though she was tested negative, she couldn't go outside and play with other kids. That so she had to go out. If she did go outside, they had to be careful. They didn't touch another kid in case someone down the road judged them. That's all wrong. These are children. Start treating them like children and letting them live their lives. I don't want to say. 
health officials are right to be considering this and hopefully they'll come to a good decision. We'll keep you updated on it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.